Welcome to Taking Care of Business, the at-home edition. Today, I'm joined by five of my colleagues and very good friends to talk about the company ethos. Today, I'm joined by my brother and CEO, Lewis Allsop. Also a friend. <laughs> also a friend. Uh, Mark Walters, Managing Director of the Business, also a friend. Hello. Uh, I'm joined by Branch Director, Darren Murphy, also a friend. Good morning. Uh, Operations Director Paul Kelly, who didn't get the memo this morning wearing casual clothes. And not a friend, by the way. <laughs> and his reason was he sweats a lot, that's the reason. Do you want to talk us through that in a minute, Bob? suited for desert life. We need, we need <laughs> to bring this up. We've been here for 10 years. We want to know later why you're comfortable on camera and why you sweat so much. These things we'll discuss later on. I'll put it on my notes to discuss. Right, you need to put yourself outside your comfort zone. Very true. And lastly, we are joined by the big guy, the big guy Associate Director, Rob Kempton. Hello. So today's podcast, we want to talk a little bit about um, about all stuff and all stuff, the company ethos. Over the years, we've had lots of people that have joined the business. Some have made it. Some, perhaps, it wasn't for them. And I really want to talk about why, what the magic was at All Up and All Up, and why these guys, in particular, over the last ten years, have been tremendous successes. Really coming to Dubai with, with, with you know, little or nothing. This is the story I think people would want to listen to because you sit around a table with everyone. Really, has come here with a couple of thousand pound or both people's stories and. Without bragging, there are millionaires around the table. Everybody's come here and Dubai has changed everyone's life forever. I was looking at PK going, <laughs> there's five millionaires around the table. <laughs> I'm poor. No, genuinely, there's six. Let's see that. There's two millionaires. PK looked at me then like that when I, when I showed you that. Make no mistake, he's got more money than all of them. No, I know how to, because he's so tight, he's the richest man on the table. I'm interested. I'm just like, well, for me, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out whether Rob Kemp has made more money or gained more weight. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's gone straight in. <laughs> I've seen pictures of you from nine years ago. Uh, I was like, you wet yourself. I've always badly. Yeah, I think all of us have put weight on. I think the only person who's got away with it is Mark because he, he's just like ill. He looks ill all the time. Talking about Mark. So, Mark, how long have you been now? 13 years. 13 years. Yeah. Lou, talk me through Mark's. So, Mark's managing director of the business, he's got a real important role. Tell me about his first interview. So, I'm sure I've told you this before, but you see how Mark dresses now. Obviously, people do change. You look at Mark, he's obviously had his teeth done, which is fantastic. <laughs> he's had a hair transplant. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's had his he's nose done. Well, he? So, he's changed a lot since I've met him. But when he first came to the business, I remember going into the room with, in our startup business, and we had only about six people in the company. And this little scratchy scouse lad come in, standing at my desk. And I remember thinking, who is this guy? And I wasn't given the time of day and he still remembers this. And I was trying to make money when I start up in a recession. And he's there with this little white belt on with a matching white tie and shoes, black shoes with a white sole. And I was like, this guy can't work for us. And we ended up taking you on, didn't we? I just the worst, part of, the worst part about it is that knowing someone thinks he's important, more important than what he really is. Lewis had all these Files. Bits of bits the, of files deals. and everything else. Yeah, it wasn't deals. Definitely deals. wasn't deals. <laughs> and he's shuffling them about and everything else. Never look at me once. You got the job. Never look yeah. at me once. Got the job. Yeah. So that's how we first met. Now, obviously, later on down the line, we've been to ushers at our weddings and we've been holidays together and families and friends connecting. Well, like Carl, I think, like Carl said before, it was every single one of us around the room has got a story. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I left when I left the office that day, it was September. And it was, I think it was like 45 degrees. I had a full on suit, the worst suit you've ever seen in your life. And I was going to, I think it was Cityscape I was going to, to the table, just to think, I'm in Dubai, I've got a job. And I was made up of for me mum, for me dad, I've got a job and everything else. 
what it didn't know was that everyone who come through the doors got a job as well, <laughs> not just me. I just about to say, there's four interviews that day, they all got the job. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations, you. Who were the other interviews that day? Um, no, there was only me. Was there, there, was, there was four. I don't know how you found their office, because it was in the middle of nowhere, oh, yeah, wasn't it? It was yeah. literally like in was a back alley. when you were at the villa? Yeah. Our Wassell Road. So to get it, it's behind a place called Life Pharmacy, but it's on like a residential like villa community. So like to find it, you really have to like... It was a massage parlour. Yeah, it is, yeah. There was a cockroach. I don't know what I was going to say. I saw you there last week. That hide away. So Mark now runs the company. Mark runs the company. He's changed a lot. He's got different hair. He's got lipo, but you're a better man for it, aren't you, mate? Much better. Listen, this, like I say, I think we're well, gonna go around a table and say tell their stories, but the stories that we've got, I think, and it epitomises what the company's about. It's all working class lads who, and girls as well, who, who have come from pretty much nothing, um, had an opportunity. Don't get me wrong, it's the sacrifice that you've got to make it are unbelievable, but it's all paid off, I think, for, for the majority. So, the sacrifice, and also we go on to dads quickly. Obviously, you've been here, how long have you been now? Uh, 11 years this September. September so, Question I've got for you then, obviously, you're one of the biggest highlights in Dubai, really, success stories that you've had and the, the, you know, what you've personally created and your wealth you've created and your family that you've created here. But what's the biggest sacrifice you've made in your life to get where you've got to get to? I just think, I just think like Mark said before, it, we've all done really, really well, but it's just time. Like the hours that we work behind the scenes that nobody really sees. I can be working until sort of nine, ten o'clock at night in the office for seven. So I think it's time more than anything, which at the moment, having the baby now is a big sacrifice, but yeah. it's got to be done if we want to obviously make the money that we make. And obviously your friends and family as well in the UK, I guess you've lost, I mean, I personally have lost contact. They find it hard to keep in contact with people that are based in the UK, different time zones and life going on. Do you find that's a sacrifice you've made as well? Yeah, particularly at the moment, my granddad's obviously 89, just turned 89 and not seen him for two years now with the lockdown, so it's not easy. No, but the long the long game with it, obviously, the, the what you're doing for your family at the moment is just... I mean, incredible. just talking to when you joined the company, I remember interviewing him all many years ago, you were in a very stable job, you, you had a company car, quite a decent salary for UK, for UK terms, and it was a good few weeks, really, for you to kind of make your mind up, wasn't it? Tell us kind of what made you decide that, because a lot of people... You know, every day having these conversations about joining Allsop and Allsop, and it's like, shall I do it, shall I do it? What made you do it? I think I remember the story. So I was on 18,000 dirhams. I say 18,000 pound a year, basic salary. And then Sophie hadn't travelled. She was four years younger than me. And um, I saw an advert. I was working really hard, doing well. I wasn't getting much rewards for it. I saw an advert for 250,000 pound a year, job in Dubai, blah, blah, blah. So I just think, I just thought, I'll throw an application and see what happens. Spoke to Carl, spoke to, who wants to speak to the time, Nick Grassic, I think it yeah. was. And um, I said, these guys are either on a, the biggest wind-up ever, or this is a genuine <laughs> opportunity. So I spoke to Soph, we thought, let's do it. Then once we decided we're going to do it, I got offered 40,000 basic and a company car by a competitor. So at the last minute, we nearly went against it and uh, stayed. But in the end, we just decided that, look, we're gonna go with 3,000 pounds, go for a year. If it doesn't work out, we've traveled for a year and we just come back and, and go back to, to to what we're doing now. But luckily, everything that the guy said to me um, was true and we've we've made a real good living for ourselves. And, and Darren really, from 11 years on, he's got multiple properties around the world. He's been able to take his family anyway <laughs> once. Um, he's been to Champions League final and paid for his whole family there so it's safe to, like, safe to say that 
yeah, moving to Dubai <clears throat> is completely changed your life forever. I would say though, Carl, as well, is, is people see, and sometimes we talk too much about, well, especially the two lads on the table, and Robin and Daz, and we pick them up and we say they do this, they do that, and people see the figures going on the board and everything else, but what they don't see is what we all see around this table. But in the office till eight o'clock, I'm a bit of a voyeur, I've got a video camera on my phone and I'll see the lads will be in the office till half eight, nine o'clock, and they'll be in the office on a Friday or a Saturday. And people don't see that we get, you know, we get these young kids who come in every single, every single week and we're trying to nurture them, but they don't see what goes into this job. And they think to work for three, to six months from nine till seven is enough. Well, it's this, not. This, this is what, what, what Darren's achieved now is 11 years of work. Well, that's a car, it's every day. It's not, not it's every single day to be relentless. Do you know what's day. interesting with it all though, and this is what for anyone that's watching, is that there is a link. You all know each other from England, yeah? Well, I was going to say, so from Daz's decision, and Daz got offered the 40,000 basic and what have you, but if Daz didn't decide to come to Dubai, then I wouldn't be sat here now. Rob wouldn't be sat here now. There's two other better lads, Ben Perry and Mark Woodside in the company who wouldn't be sat here now. So it all rests on Daz's decision. So yeah, we're all friends from back home. And Can Daz you say thank you to him then? Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> do you know, do you know, to add to that story, so when Daz got offered at the time, me, Daz and... Phil. Yeah, it might have been Phil at the time. We, we lived in the same house. <laughs> He's here, Phil Foden's here. No, but we, we lived together when he got offered the job here. I remember when he, he came out and he was umming and ahhing about whether to take it. And then when he got, I remember when he got offered that increase, that it was like, I remember us having a chat about it. And it was just like, what have you got to lose? Mm. Obviously we didn't want him to go for selfish reasons, but just nothing to lose at all. But he was totally like, I have no clue if these guys just, are real. Just, <laughs> Darren, just, just remote, do a flashback of your first ever experience of meeting me in person. Uh, we were, well, we were in the villa at the time, weren't we? Uh, yeah. And then I remember thinking you had an Audi Q7, you took us out to around the areas, four of us, I think, were, were on that orientation. And I said to you that day, I said, do you guys plan to be the biggest real estate company in Dubai? Because at that time, we weren't the biggest, were we? No way, one yeah. of the probably top 200 if we're lucky. Yeah. But the reason why I'm still here to this day with you guys is you've just been true to every word. Like the company's just grown year on year. The office finally came up in JGE, we had that meeting, you backed me on it. So I think a lot of agents out there, they think, oh, you know, it's a commission only job, it's this, it's that. The truth is, if you're with the right company, you're a 50% business partner with that company and whatever you put in, you will make the money. So- A lot of people don't get that, but that's what I find strange. And we'll talk a minute about why people fail, but it's people, we have people in our company we employ and they think they're winning by taking the hour lunch break or they think they're winning by leaving at five o'clock. But it, all this business is to all of us, it's a platform to use what we've built over years. People know our brand, they know what we're about. We've got the data to back it up. We've got everything to, we've got buyers and sellers, but it's just hard work really. And I think people think that you, yes, you work for the company, but you would put in what you get out. Paul, what about you joining the business? So you joined, what, a year or two after Darren's? Tell us no, how No, no, about three months after Darren's. Oh, really? You came out in September, <clears throat> and I came out in January the following year. We just moved year. offices in, I think, didn't we? The yeah, so my first day was the first day in the Golden Diamond Park. Um, but after 10 days in Dubai, I remember just being on Skype to Daz, and he was like, you have to come over here. He said, so after 10 days, he was convinced on the opportunity. He said, the company had potential earnings. 
everything you want is over here. Which knowing you now is a big surprise. You're typically quite a cautious person. Very cautious. Crypto heavy though, but. time for you at the time, though, wasn't it? Yeah, I had no commitments. I didn't have a mortgage, so it's quite a. It was a risk, but it's quite an easy risk because if it all went wrong, I could have just gone home and you were the most well-qualified gardener in Chile at that point in time. I think I was an estate agent at that time. Oh, no, before yeah, that, yeah, I was yeah. a gardener. For but what I remember, Carl, is you didn't want to give me a job. You still remember today. It's our pools here again. I just remember. I think you were really, really unsure. I mean, it could have gone either way. That says a lot, though about morally making sure people come out yeah, yeah, yeah. right people but look you see, i've got it wrong quite a lot of times every year and i, I love nothing more so people, many times you've got it wrong. people proving us wrong <laughs> what's the worst one you've ever got wrong um the worst one you've ever got wrong i don't think you've got it wrong with you but i remember when i met you first so i always remember this me and dad's when dad said come and meet my mate my mate wants to come to dubai and we went a whole we went to uh, jlt mcgettigan's yeah, i think I it was so. where we went and this is how I've just found out now how you know if someone's good, it's not CV, it's personality. And um, we sat down with Kemp and we just literally filled up this table for the night with Jaeger bombs. And I woke up in the morning and I said, Carl, I've just met this guy. You've just got to trust me. Don't even interview him. He's dad's mate, he's Cal's mate. I'm really hungover, but this guy <laughs> is amazing. And it's the best thing the best thing I ever did. Taking a risk like that from someone really yeah. didn't interview. Um, so you're one of my best risks I think we've taken. I, I've had recruitment days in the UK where I'm not going to name names, but I've said at the time that it's recruitment day, I'm not sure about this person. That person's gone on and made a lot of money. It's just like moving to Dubai, moving to get in, go, go into a new country and start a new job. The pressure is unbelievable. So you just don't know how someone's going to react when they, when they come into that environment. It's, it's not about how good you are on paper. What people yeah. don't see when you move country, and it's a massive part of it, is what's under the hood. You know, when, when you put under pressure, when you haven't got money, when you miss your friends and family, when you're having a bad day, it's how you react. And to be honest with you, talking about the ethos, the ethos of the business is winners. We want winners. We want people that want to better their lives. Heart, you know, people that, that will, will not give up. And this is what CVs don't mean anything. This is my theory. Yeah. Do you know what I would add to that? I think it's timing as well, because I always think to myself, I came over here when I was 29. If I'd come over at 22, I'd, I'd, you know, you just never know if you would have been successful. Like, I remember when I was coming here, it was like, I had a few jobs before, and I'd, I'd always I think been- it's, I think it's a life experience. No, no, I Look, man, a room here, and we all compete. We all like football. We all like UFC or boxing or whatever. I'm sure all, we all like to compete. We all like to win. Skating. No, I want to- Yes, And what we do, and that's- and I think 22, 24, 34, whatever you're at, I think it's, it's either in your own well, Me and Lewis are running the, running the company at 22, 24, no clue what we were doing. Probably too young, but you grew up, you grew, we grew up on the job. Well, you know, I, do, I, I get what you're saying. I think timing though, for all three of us, if we're really honest, it was, we'd sort of done the whole like traveling thing and everything like that. And then, I mean, this is the first job I've ever done where it's been, where my life's fitted around my job. Before yeah. that, yeah, it would be true. like, just you work to get some money in to go and do some things that you want to do. What made you come in? Because obviously being, having your best friends here is a big draw, but I can tell you what, <laughs> what, what I think was a big point. There was a, a pool party, you know, and pool party that we were having, and Rob was here on holiday. And me and Daz went to um, the Bilber Queen shop and we're buying swim shorts for this pool party. And he couldn't believe we were spending hundreds of pounds on some pair of swimming shorts. And then <laughs> he just thought he needed to get involved. Do they still fit you now? I'm sure it's <laughs> <laughs> Can I see them on? 
couldn't believe it that they just both bought a pair of swim shorts for over 100 quid. So basically, about the whole way back in the, the car, I was like, you just spent over a month watching this. <laughs> so the reason you moved to Dubai was because of swimming shorts. No, yeah. I, I came out to see these two on holiday for a week. Um, and I mean, I probably annoyed them in the end, but as soon as I got here, it was just, I took a question just about money, didn't I, for the whole week? Because it was apparent that there was a different lifestyle going on to what we had back at home. You know, so a question I've got. We went into the office, didn't we? Yeah. You know, so I've got a question for you then, Rob. Rob, Rob, the very Rob, Rob. Kemp. I'm going to call you because I don't Bob. call you Rob. Also, or Bob, 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 also. <laughs> um, <laughs> so obviously, you are also one of the most genuinely one of the most successful people that I know in Dubai real estate, hands down. And I know pretty much everyone here. So the question I've got for you is: What's been your hardest moment? The one thing where you thought, "This is that I don't know if I'm going to survive this moment in Dubai." Uh, the first of every single month. <laughs> Do you know people laughing about that? Um, I'll, so I was leaving for work the other day and it was the seventh of the month and it, was, it only made me laugh afterwards. Um, and I had a deal on the go that was negotiated in Sahil. I remember saying bye to Chloe and everything. And then I said to Chloe, I said, I hope I get this deal in to save my mum. And she just stared at me and went, it's the seventh of the month. And it's like, but that's the thing for me is when it's not, it is about the money, but I like to try and finish number one. Yeah. So as soon as the month's finished, you then, I mean, look, if you don't finish number one, you make good money at the end of it. Yeah. You know, so fair play to whoever does. But it's just about putting as many figures on the board and then every single month, you, I, I literally, I would never look at it and think, oh, I had an amazing month last month, I can take my foot. Have, well, you, have you ever run out of money though? Or you put yourself in a position where you thought, my God, like this self-employed, 50-50, like put yourself in a real position of worry? I think when I first, when I moved over, I did six months leasing. Yeah. And I moved over into sales, dual role, which we didn't really do at the time, um, in December. So I had like, I think we were breaking up on the 20th. Got to about the 5th, 6th of December. Mark was, you you took the job at the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, Cleaner. And I, I remember saying to Mark after six days, I was like, I'm just going to do sales. Like, I can't do both. Um, and I put a deal together with Luke. Yep, Palmera. Um, so I put the deal together. Then I went home at Christmas and I think the land department put their- Fees up to fees force, up. Yeah, yeah. So it was like, oh, typical, just as I'm moving over. Anyway, came back. So I got paid on that deal, I think in February. And I, I was literally down to like my last 100 dirhams when I got paid that deal. Grim. Because the thing is, no matter how long you do sort of leasing for, you know, I, I just think with the lifestyle and everything over here, you know, you need to, or me, you need to get into sales. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. You know, but it was like, how long do you take to, I just think you're never ever going to put away the real money you want to put away in leasing. What about your highlight? What's been your best moment? Um, to do with work? Anything. It's your time in Dubai. I, if I'm to be honest, it's probably, <laughs> it probably isn't work related. It's probably winning the, the top, the, the Premier League with the slugs. Tell us about that then. Yeah, I, think, I think you ran the team for me. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't go too well. We got relegated. <laughs> no, no, that was the, the top division over here. Because for, for, that's one thing I do miss from back at home, footy. And um, that top division's got some good teams in it. So I think I ran it for about three, four years. It's just one of them where even like in this job, you just try and get better all the time. Yeah. 
Um, and then I just had a good set of lads, and I just remember that was that division. If I remember correctly, had like Nicholas and Alcor in it, or Silvestra and these like wild ex-pro players. Yeah, there's some good players in it and things, but it's so demanding that then. Yeah, you know, like just running a team in general. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it's, yeah. it's very. Important. What about you, Paul? What was your high, your best moment, your, your low moment? So I'll tell you my best moment. It might sound a bit weird, but so when I first came over, I stayed in Bird Dubai, and the hotel I stayed at had a rooftop pool. And used to, when you're in the rooftop pool, you used to kind of look into the distance of downtown, and I thought, that's Dubai, like that's what, what's what I need to get to be a part of downtown. So I had a moment of realization a couple of years ago when I lived in downtown, I still got, I hadn't got an apartment there, with my little boy, Jack, and we were running around on Birch Park in front of the Khalifa. I just thought, wow, like from all those years ago where I looked at this place in the distance and I thought, that's Dubai, that's what I need to be a part of. Like we're just playing in the park. In a property you own in downtown. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's, that always, that moment of realisation has always stuck with me as well. Darren's got a view and everyone, so he's going to leave us. Are you going to say goodbye to everybody? Uh, goodbye everyone. Uh, great to speak to you today. <laughs> uh, what about your low moment? Um, my low There's been a few, apart from wearing a suit today. <laughs> Sweating all the, the time. Philip heats a low moment. So one thing I always look back on is when I, when I again when I was first over here, I used to go to the supermarket because I was living on such a budget, couldn't buy what food I wanted to eat. I just had to eat like one dinner of bread and stuff. It was, it was uh, to be honest, I've always been quite careful with money, so I probably didn't have to do that. But because I hadn't had any money coming in yet, I was so conscious about what I was living off my savings and what what money I was uh, spending out. So I remember that being low, just being in the supermarket thinking. I can't remember what I wanted at the time. It's cheap. I remember when I I first moved there, I remember we used to go to Spinney's and I would get, they were like um, the water noodles, you know the ones I'm talking about? And they're like two dirhams from, and I feel like I'm winning because it's so, and then you would go and get the the pack of noodles, you'd get them in the boiling water and you create a stir fry for like (laughs) five dirhams, you're absolutely winning. What's what's bizarre is how many people move to Dubai and are getting expensive meals when this they really is, can't afford this to This is it. why though, so I made the comment about timing before. Mm. Like, my dad helped me out with a little bit of money to come over. Same. I think we put together five grand of which we paid the rent and then, um, but I remember my first couple of months, I was like, because I was a little bit older at 29, I was sensible. Like, I didn't go out immediately straight away. And yeah. you say about the noodles, I vividly remember it. And just, just to be fair, by the way, highlights have obviously got to be for all of us, the kids. Yeah. yeah. I can picture Chloe watching this thinking, oh, you know, you know, over the kids. I know, yeah. I know, but in all, in all seriousness, the highlight for all of us is like, I mean, we've been to, we've had all had unbelievable weddings. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you know when you talk about the, the, the kids, I mean, this is very anyone really just watching that's interested in Dubai. <laughs> um, the, Still the, to come. the beauty of living in Dubai for me, for, if you just take, work out the equation, is the fact that when it's cool, it's too hot now. You take your kids to the beach, man. Yeah. It's like 10 like quid, 20 quid to go. You sit there, you build your sandcastles, you get a cocktail, whatever you're up to. It is, you know, this one I was talking on the radio before saying, oh, my kids went to this five-star hotel at the weekend. And this lady was like 50, said, when I was in England, when I was younger, five-star hotels were not a thing. Like, you'd go there. You know what, you've got it. You've, it's got to be a happy medium with your kids. I don't want, obviously, you want to give your kids. And what why we're doing this is for the kids. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, the bottom line. But you need them to be grounded as well. Your kids you know? are dripped in Gucci, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely dripped in Gucci. Well, what <laughs> you know what I mean? So, Paul's low moments has been noodles. Yours clearly is your suit and your white snakeskin shoes. No, no, no. The, the, the long one for me, Carl, I remember when, when we first moved out, Nicolette, my wife, she, um, 
she got a job at Emirates. She worked there five minutes. She hated the job. Hated turbulence. Didn't but, she? Yeah, she hated, just didn't like flying. So it was a bad, bad combination. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the job. Yeah, I love it. So usually with Emirates, you get given accommodation, but she never got given accommodation. She got um, a hotel. So it was in a place in Alcaraz. You know, anyone who's been to Alcaraz, it's it's not the best place in the world. So obviously with Emirates, you're not allowed partners into the into the um, into the hotel. So what I used to do is, I remember. I think the first week I was in the office and Lewis gave me sheets and sheets of, of, of people to call and I never got nothing. Didn't know what I was doing, didn't know I was getting paid, didn't know what, what I was saying, anything. And I was just out of my debt, completely, completely out of my, out of my debt. And I went home and we got caught going into the hotel. So the day after, what I had to do was, I had to meet Nicola in, I think we had, and this Antida at the time or something like that, I had to get into the um, the boot of the car and go into the car park to go upstairs to- Otherwise you're homeless. Otherwise I'm homeless. Um, and I never had, well I said it, I never had a penny, but everything that we had was just being budgeted for- Mad, isn't it, when it was, and that happened for like the next two or three weeks. So you lived in a boot for two so weeks. So I had to, Lewis, I literally had to go around the corner, get in the boot, it was like 40 odd degrees, was it? Like you say, it was September, October, and then I used to have to sneak upstairs. Is it safe to say, obviously, you talk about your heart at the moment, you did go on to become the best sales agent in, in, a, in a year um, later on, but it was safe to say in the early years, did you question your, whether you make it? Because obviously, we did. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> we did. He knows it as well. No, no, ab- listen, absolutely. I was, we were said before, or you said before, about have a change. They've changed, you know. Irrevocably, have changed in every single Mark way. Mark used to have a terrible temper, so whenever oh God, a phone call didn't go, he's what we used to wear, he used to slap the phone. I remember that, you know, because when I, when I, it, we all sort of worked together and going down, but yeah. I, I remember Mark a couple of times slamming the phone. We, we had to pull him and just said, look, just to let you know, you're making it a bit awkward, because he was like swearing every time, and he was so, now he's just the most to person. Do you know yeah, what? Yeah, 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 there was, yeah. listen, there was no filter, and, and credit to, to you two, calm me down. It was just, I wanted to win all the time. I want to win in everything that I do, whether it be paddle last night with Rob, or I want to win in everything that I do. Because I wasn't that good at what I was doing, it was affecting me. Yeah. But then sure. when I stripped it all down, and remember, obviously when you give me the, the sales director role initially, it was like, it was quite a shock, mm. because especially from, not from you, because obviously we were good friends and everything else, but it was always a doubt in my mind whether, obviously I went on to become the, the number one agent, but the first two years were just, it was hard, it was so, so hard. What, doing the sales director's role? Or no, 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 when I went into the sales director role, it was like, it was, it was just comfortable, you know, yeah. it was because I was looking after people, it was comfortable. It was, um, I just fell into the job and it was something that I loved doing, but yeah. the broker side of things, it was, I don't know what it was, I just think. To be fair to you, you were doing it in 2008, the start of a global yeah. recession. So don't forget, when moment. you talk about brokerage now, anyone that works in brokerage today and they talk about the market, it is so different yeah. to, to what we do now, you put properties online, you meet them, you give them three, six tours, you pitch the exclusivity. Yeah. In them days, I remember when I used to trade, I used to buy, I used to sell, I used to broker deals. You would call a client, they would say, I want this type. You would have to call another database to try and find two people that say, you want it, you want it, and you put them together. It's the, not, I don't wanna say people are spoiled today, but do you not think they're best tools? Yeah, yeah, they have the yeah. better tools to do your job today. Than they did. Not just for us, but in but, general. But listen, I think that's, more transition though as well, I would say. To yeah, me. absolutely. But it, I think it's put us in good stead from, from back then. Say back then, but yes, when we were doing then. that job, it's I think it's made us stronger. It's given us a bit of a, a bit more of a backbone as well, you know. I think we have 
we know what we have to do. Absolutely. And yeah. I think that the new companies that set up will put, the, I see brokers in our company and they think they've won by putting the property online. Yeah. And they go, oh, my property's not, I'm just like, the job to sell the house, mate. You literally, you get it and you call people. And some people don't think that's not agency, they just think putting online is the way. Do you know what's a big problem for me as, as well? Was, and she won't mind me saying this, my wife now, Nicola, because we <laughs> she was a big problem. <laughs> she won't mind me saying it. She still is as well. With Carl and Lewis, you know, first time because obviously I lived with you at the start. She didn't want to be here. She didn't want to be here. Yeah, and tell, tell the story about me with Nicola when she cleaned the floors. So we used to live with Lewis. We used to live in, in Marina Tally. And Lewis, if anyone doesn't know him, is very can be very very scruffy and very untidy and Nicola's a clean freak so it didn't go well for what you know when we lived with you did it so Nicola would be in the house all day because she never had a job so she'd clean the floor she'd do all the washing up and everything else so Lewis didn't used to wear shoes he used to go in the mall with no shoes or socks on so he comes back so he come back and his feet were just no shoes in the mall uh, I, I, I drove there with no shoes on and I walked into the mall literally for a year uh, with no sandals on I'll go bare feet in I swear wow. I just I like being barefoot in the house on barefoot but carry on the story <laughs> so, when, so when we, we've come in from where the floors are all nicely mopped and everything else Lewis still. like a 12 year old kid has done sliding tackles on the floor <laughs> like surfing oh, on the floor and Nicola she, just, she just looked at Lewis and just burst out right? yeah. but the problem with, with, with Nicola was that she wanted to go home and there was a, that. Yeah, there was a point where I, I just said because I wanted that much I said well listen it's, it's your call but I'm not going anyway I exact same every day what about your your highlight obviously? I went out without being um, named the MD of the company without yeah. a shadow without that was that was massive for me because assistant to the MD <laughs> That's your role, assistant <laughs> MD. Um, but yeah, that was listen. What else about? Obviously, what Rob said before is that's just that's just obvious with the kids and everything else. But I just said it to cover us. Yeah, 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 yeah. We love our children and wives. They're going well there, mate. But when you when you said that you want to appoint me as the MD, that was just that was just massive. And I think it was massive not just for me, but for my family as well. From yeah. what what we've come from and saying what we've come from, we had a great life when I was a kid, but. My mum and dad are the most, you know, the proudest people in the world. And when I told them about that, they were just. Well, you see, what's also special for you? You see, from the start, five, six, seven, eight people to now well, over three hundred thirty people working in the business. And, and you know, people say when when people leave the company, and some people get a little bit bitter when they leave the company. I think it's great when they set up their own their own yeah, shop. We've given them that platform. Yeah. I'd, I'd hope to think that I've played a little part in that. You know, so. When people leave and, and they open companies and they start doing well, I love it, I mean, I think it's, I think it's brilliant. It's a, we gave them a spring We gave them a platform, mm -hmm. you know, so, but without a question, mate, when you, when you asked me to, to be the managing director of the company, and I knew where it was going, I knew where the company was going, I knew the direction it was going in. I know obviously you, you lads better than anyone, and I know your drive and your passion for the company, so, it was a listen. It was an honour to be to be named the MD in that. Without a doubt, was is that why I was shooting wedding because of that? Again. Was I in a shooting wedding because of that? <laughs> that, was the got the MD. <laughs> that was the only thing. Really, yeah. <laughs> well, before we wrap up, I mean, any party comments with regards to like giving people advice? People who are actually working with us today in other companies, or people thinking about moving to Dubai. You know, what sort of things? I mean, I mean, hopefully, people took away some of the stories that Rob and Paul and yourself. Have Can I go on that one? I, I I want to touch on what Rob said. It's time. Time is, is massive. I'm being smart. You know, I was I was thinking about when I was at school and what we used to learn at school. When you come over to Dubai, make sure you know exactly what you need to spend, what your break even is every single month. Mm. Don't go out, don't party, 
listen, you've got to start. Well, at the start, yeah. of, of course, do whatever you want after after the first, you know, first year or first two years when you're doing okay. But timing is everything. Yeah. Just be smart about what you do, but listen as well. Listen, I still I still listen to people every single day. Every day in this job, you get better, don't you? Your knowledge increases, your understanding of how to do the job, how and people just need time to be able to get. But I always see people say to me, How do I get to Kempo's level? How do I get to Daz's level? And the reality is is that they probably could get to that level nearly if they're the same design, if they gave themselves ten years or eight years or six years. Consistent, consistency and everything, you know. Of course. Rob and Darren and Paul and Mark. That it's not just time, but every single day they've turned up, whether they've not been feeling too great, whether they had good days, bad days, problems at home, they've turned up at work every day and give it everything. And I think later on, absolutely, and that's that's obviously the initial part, but I think later on down the line, even for these lads and, and for myself, willing to change as well. Listen, this for me, this is the most uncomfortable thing. For, I, I don't like being in front of the camera, but I'm willing to change and willing to have a go. You've got to be willing to change, and that's everyone. Who, if you're the same person as you was ten years ago, you are the yeah, problem. Yeah. Uh, that, that I've got friends in England that I'm not really friends with anymore. That their their life is they go to the pub on a Friday and a Saturday. And I made a decision when I was probably 22, 21, where I thought that's not for me. Like if I want to go on holiday where I want to go and I want to do what I want to do, then I'm not going to go to the pub and get destroyed every it's day. It's easily done back at home. It? It you can get caught in that. That where it's just yeah. you work through the week, you go out the week, yeah. it's like Groundhog Day every single week. I think this was called, was it called Ethos of the company? Yeah, yeah. And you look around the table, and with Darren as well, there's six of us around the table, we're all mates. And I always say, surround yourself with people that you want to. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, it's no better saying. I always say, I want to work now, so I have to work when I'm old. No, no, I'm talking about me now, but I have to work when I'm old. What I mean, Carl, is, is, the, is the negativity that people bring. You know, when, you, when you, you go into a room, you can't stop that room. You know, yeah, that's someone's mindset. It's the same thing, and no disrespect, if you go back to England, 80% of people, the first thing you'll hear them is talk about everything negative. But yeah. like if you go back in COVID now, you will hear everyone say, the economy's dead, this is happening, business is shutting down. But actually, I know that there's a lot of businesses, you see restaurants full, I was yep. looking at videos in London the other day, streets are booming, but people want to talk negative. And that's just a mindset of 80% of people in the UK population, to be honest with you, that it's easy to talk negative. Who honestly in the news says, the new, I don't watch the news because you'll never see the news go, John just won the lottery and John just lost loads of weight and this amazing holiday, they talk about everything negative. Negative and blamers, and unfortunately, Every, we've got some blamers, every company will have them, but it's people who blame everything or anything and everything except for poor themselves. performance, set themselves. Or they don't take accountability or responsibility for their actions and think, okay, this, this, and this is happening, but what can I do to get the result anyway? And this is the difference between, I'd say, the people around this table who will, no matter what's happening, they'll take responsibility of the situation and find a way to make it work for them, yeah. as opposed to people who sit back and say, oh, but this is terrible, oh, but, but this client's an idiot, or this guy did that. You've got to take... Lewis is kind of the same, if something isn't working out for whatever reason, and he's like, the first thing I do is he'll get on my back and I'll get on his. I'll never blame him or him or him or him. It's always each that's other because yeah. the book stops with us. And that's, that should be a any person. But, yeah. it, you know, have you guys got any partner advice for people, maybe some of the differences they could do before moving over here or people here now? People here now, I'd say watch the people who are at the top because, and watch what they do, watch how <laughs> they work, learn from them because Sometimes it's harder because obviously we've been sat here with Rob and Dad, so because they're in a separate office, people can't watch them. But within the business bay office, there's a lot of top performers and there's a lot of people who are earning a lot of money. Watch what they're doing. Why are they earning a lot of money? Are they 
spending half the day messing around or going downstairs for cigarette breaks. So they here till seven or eight o'clock at night. They viewing on a Friday and Saturday because I think we, we said earlier in the conversation, so many people just want to leave at five o'clock, live for the week, like you said, the English mentality, live for the weekend still. Rather than doing, again, what Rob said, making work fit around your, or life, sorry, fit around your work, and just really giving it 100% to, to make a difference. Which is fine if they're happy their choice, but I come back to it. The, I, I say to anyone that joins our business, this is the last place you will ever go and work for anyone ever again. You will never work for anyone else again. And if you put these two guys guys here and Darren and Mark, these guys are unemployable. They're unemployable because they haven't no, made that no, much no money. One, I say this to everybody, or the top people in our company now, if someone went and offered our top 10 people in our company a million pound salary in the UK, they still wouldn't take it. That's how mental this job is and how if you are successful at it, you cannot leave, but you have to get to a certain level to get that. Ken, from your point of view, any parting shots to anyone who's moving to Dubai or in real estate? I I was gonna bring up an example there of what I still do. I know you lot laugh at me like, still using like paper diaries and things like that. Wouldn't Not saving the trees, mate. Yeah. Um, but I, my diary remains out and it always has done since the day I got here. And when I get out of bed in the morning, the first thing I go, when I go down to get a cup of tea, is flick open my diary for that day. And my, my life then for that day will revolve around what I've got on at work. I do that, but I do it on my phone in bed. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get out your diary from your boot. He's got a typewriter in the office. <laughs> this is the point I'm making. It's never in my boot. Yeah. Chloe goes mad. She's moving it all the time, trying to put it away. It's out. Yeah. But the point I'm making is, when I start my day, I check what I've got to do for work. Yeah, it might be. I'm sure there's better ways technology-wise, no doubt about it. But my point is, I check what I've got to do at work first. Do you check the fax machine first thing in the morning? <laughs> <laughs> the page right next to you. Am I, am I just waiting for deals to come on the fax machine? We did, we did. We used to do it. We used we to sleep. literally wait. 10, 10 on a Thursday night. Do you know what, do you know what else I, I, I watch people do and, and I never understand it because Daz mentioned it before. You, you guys have given us everything you've ever promised. We've never messed us around with money, this and that. You know, so you need, you need that side of it where I'm sure in the market there are some yeah. companies who don't do that. But you work for yourself, you know, and it's just like I watch people who are doing okay and then they get in a bit of a rut and then they'll go and join another company. And I just think to myself, that is just going out the frying pan in the fire 99 times out of 100. You know, if you're not doing well, this job is, there is no rocket science. It's wanting to do well and desire. Okay. You know, so, it, and you, you can't look at anyone other than yourself. Like if I have a bad month, I, I don't think, well, I've never once called you to up and go, oh, why haven't you done this? It's my fault. I think if a company yeah. can supply leads, I mean, we, we as a company have a duty. Our duty is to make sure yeah. that the marketing and the phones are ringing. I mean, you look at our company, we generate 500 buyers yeah. a week. That's 2,000 clients for sales, over 2,000 a month in lettings, plus landlords and tenants. The problem is, is that if someone can't put them together, then they're the problem. It's as simple as that. But that's it. That's your part of the bargain. Yeah. Yeah, but someone has to be willing to say, they're going, they're going for after work drinks yeah. and they get a phone call. Nip off for two minutes and take the phone call. Yeah. Like that. You know, and just, just nip off and take the phone call. You know, or if, if someone's ringing, you've missed the call, call them back. I, I, but I'm telling you, if you watch, if you put a camera on people day in, day out, they will do things like just put the phone back in the pocket. And it amazes me. That's the difference. Well, guys, thank you very much for joining us. Hopefully, just for, you've got a small sense of the company ethos, the people behind the business. 
what it takes to win. And uh, you'll see us next week. Cheers, guys. Thank you, guys.